Welcome to the Link to Prevention podcast, hosted by the KSARC Prevention Team. Hi, and welcome to today's episode. Uh, today, we are talking about power. Now, power is foundational to many of the conversations we have with students around violence prevention. I think to start with, I would like to quote a very astute academic. Mr. Peter Parker, with great power comes great responsibility. These famous words as Spider-Man utter hold true today and is something that students can really relate to. Power is central to many of our conversations. When we talk about bullying, consent, online spaces, bystander intervention, power is always a central theme. So I'd like our parents to hear how exactly we engage students on the concept of power and how we introduce this topic. So when we're in the classroom with students, after we talk about boundaries is when we introduce this concept of power. And we start the conversation with them by simply asking, what is power? And we have that up on the board. We typically have a couple of uh, kind of clue pictures up to give them a little bit of an idea. One of them is like sort of a money sign. One of them is supposed to represent like law and order. One's a muscle for strength, right? So we give them a couple of clues and students start raising their hand and their responses range from electricity. Electricity is power, right? To things like older people have power or people who are strong and tall have power. Uh, they usually get right that money gives people power or status like social status or popularity can give people power too. Um, almost every class we get the president has power or my teachers have power. My parents have power. So that kind of goes back to the age bit too. From there, we then kind of pause and then we talk about, well, what gives people power in middle school? And that narrows it down for them. They usually stop and think for a second and we'll come up with responses like eighth graders have power in middle school. Older students have power in middle school. Of course, teachers, the principal, the assistant principal, right? They all kind of jump off of each other. The second assistant principal, the counselors. So a lot of the adults and staff in the school, they recognize as having power. Uh, they also say like student leaders, students who have a lot of friends, who you can tell that they have a lot of friends and running groups. They have a lot of power. So that's helpful for them to understand and see and just identify what students they notice every day with more power than other students. We also start this conversation just with the basic understanding that we aren't talking about power in a positive way or a negative way. We're just talking about power, not that it's good, not that it's bad, just that it is a concept that is important to what we talk about generally and the other lessons that we give them. Yeah. And then we will kind of move on to like, how do you recognize when people have power in different situations? Um, because we know that power isn't constant either. You can have more or less depending on circumstances, um, depending on what time of day it was, it is even. Um, and so we try to make it a little bit easier for them to conceptualize by using examples that they know. So we put up pictures of Ariana Grande and LeBron James. These are two people that arguably have a lot of power in general. Um, and I think they can see that. They And then we kind of ask them, 
can you tell us what power they have that's similar? So usually it's things like they have a lot of money. They have a lot of followers. They have influence. They have fans. And then we kind of ask them to think, okay, how do they have power differently? How do they have different power? Um, And we'll get things like, well, Ariana Grande is a singer and LeBron James is a basketball player or Ariana Grande is a woman and LeBron James is a man. So they're kind of able to see that while they have similar power, they also have different power. And so then they can see that like, well, Ariana Grande probably has more power than LeBron James on a stage, right? At a concert. And then they can also see that LeBron James would have more power than Ariana Grande on a basketball court. Um, And so they can kind of see how arguably powerful people can still experience situations and moments where they have less power than other people and how that can change throughout different circumstances throughout their life and that they can then kind of see how that can apply to them as well. It doesn't just have to do with celebrities. Um, I will have different amounts of power at different points in my life. And that means that sometimes I'll have more power than other people. And sometimes I'll have less power than other people. And that's okay. That doesn't make me less powerful of a person in general. That just means in this circumstance, I have less power. Right. And then our last little bit that we talk about, and we're trying to get students to also understand that you can use that power to help. You can use that power to hurt. You can use that power to empower others and give them power back. And you can also take power from other people. So that goes right along with bullying and conversations that we've had about bullying with students. And our last slide, we ask, why might unequal power be harmful in relationships? When we talk about relationships generally, so we make sure to say this does not mean only romantic or partnerships. We also are talking about friendships, specifically friendships, Mm -hmm. especially in middle school, right? And we're talking about your peers, your classmates, your family, things like that. So how can unequal power or how might unequal power be harmful in relationships? And students come up with, well, one person can force somebody else to do something with that power that maybe that person doesn't want to do. Or, you know, as we get into seventh and eighth grade, they say blackmail, manipulation. They have, you know, these really big concepts and words that then we kind of break down with them. Okay, okay, what would that look like if somebody manipulates somebody else with their power? And again, kind of forcing them to do something. So we go through ways that power can potentially be harmful if it is used to hurt somebody else in a relationship. They are also able to recognize how unequal power can be beneficial as well. So they can see examples of people who have more power using that power for good. As much as they've seen examples of people being taken advantage of, right? They know what blackmail means to an extent. They know what that looks like. They've also seen people with more power using that to help other people, whether that be through fundraising efforts, if they have more money, right? And somebody doesn't have as much money, they can help them with that. And they can also see people that are being bullied or harassed online and people with more power coming in and being like, hey, I don't think that what they're saying is true. I don't think that that makes you less of a person. I think you're really cool and I'm going to be your friend. And they can see other people with more power coming in and doing that and then seeing everybody that follows that. It is it is easy for them to see, again, how power in general is just power. It just is. It doesn't make someone better or worse of a person. It just is dependent on how they choose to use the power that they have in any given situation. So let me ask you that. Consent. Age appropriateness with consent. We know that there's a 
possible power differential that comes with age and consent. Is this something that you talk about in the classroom with students? Yes. Yeah, so it is. So we, like we talked about in our consent episode, we use a model called Fry's and we always add in a sprinkling of age appropriate. So we say that consent also always has to be age appropriate. And the way we describe it is firstly that you have to be a certain age in order to do certain things. And also that there's a power dynamic at play when it comes to age. And like we talked about, older people have more power, which means that they can use that power to force younger people to do something, to manipulate them into doing something. And that is not consensual. So they can use the power of their age and use that to really abuse and hurt younger folks just because they're older in some instances. So it sounds like kids can see size differences, power, age differences, power, friends groups as power, things like talent, resource. I know I've heard these things in the classroom too, as for as terms of power, like being able to drive, have a driver's license. Now those things come with age, but they are also a resource. I think one other really kind of impressive response that we get sometimes is that your thoughts and what you say to yourself, that sort of self-talk can also give you power. Uh, so there have been a few students who have responded. They maybe weren't quite sure how to word it, but sort of, well, maybe the way you wake up in the morning and the first thing that you tell yourself, that could give you power for the rest of your day. If it's a positive thing, if you're saying, hey, I'm gonna have a great day, I feel really good about myself today, you're probably gonna have a lot more confidence than somebody who wakes up and says, gosh, another day, this is really hard. Like, I, I don't have that many friends. I don't know what I'm gonna do at school today. So the way that you talk to yourself also gives you power. And so empowering for them as well, because then there is aspects of that. That's a good concept for them to recognize that there is aspects of power that they actually have control over themselves. And it's not all just reliant on either what you have or what you don't have or what's been given to you or what hasn't been given to you. It's like, no, I can create my own power and I can do that without taking away from other people. So kind of along the lines of bullying, we know that a lot of times when people bully, it's because they may not feel like they have power and they take power from others to make themselves more powerful. Sometimes they bully because they actually have a lot of power and they abuse that power. But I want to focus on the power of the bystander or the power of the upstander. Because when we talk about bullying, it's, it's one thing to understand the power of the bully and those who cause harm. But how do you talk about with the students the power of helping a friend, the power of intervening or being an active bystander. Oftentimes, and this is really positive, right, that the students know the term bystander intervention already. So they've heard it before, probably related to bullying, and we're able to come in and sort of review that with them and just explain that there are all sorts of different ways to be an upstander, right, to step up. It makes a lot of sense to them that a person who is helping oftentimes has power because they feel empowered. They feel like they can step into a situation and say, hey, stop that. That's not okay with me because maybe they know that the person who's bullying is going to respond 
and take them seriously. They see that. And then we also make sure to talk about the fact that you can be an upstander in all sorts of different ways, even if maybe you don't feel like you have a lot of power in that situation. So if somebody's a bit more shy or if somebody is honestly afraid of stepping in directly, we always encourage students to you know, put their safety first and instead maybe check in with the student who is being bullied afterwards or get a friend or a group of friends to go and step in with them so they don't have to do it alone. Or of course, talk to an adult or a teacher if they need to too. So we always like to talk about ways that you can be an upstander depending on how you're feeling about power that day, if you're feeling powerful or not, you can do that in all sorts of different ways. We also talk about online spaces and online spaces like power is kind of woven into a lot of the topics that we talk about. So specifically, Power in online spaces, what does that look like? How do kids experience power differentials in the online world? Personally, I think that it is actually easier for students now to recognize bullying online more than they recognize it in person, or they see examples of it, I think, more often in their life online than they do in person. They have seen the things like, my friend has more followers than me and they tell me that all the time. Like that is an example of ways that people are using online spaces to gain power, to take power away from people. They also really recognize the power of anonymity on the internet. You can kind of be whoever you want to be. And we recognize that. We tell them like, you know, that's a good, that could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. You could be your true self on the internet, but there are also people that pretend to be people that they're not or they completely hide their identity and they do that in order to um, make others feel bad or to take advantage of other people. And so they can see that people feel more empowered to say and do things online that they probably wouldn't have said or done to these people in real life. We lose a lot of empathy when we navigate in online spaces and there's power in that as well, right? Like I don't have to see how the words that I'm saying are affecting the people that I'm saying them to. I can just write this message and I never have to look at it again. And I think that that generally empowers people to say things that they wouldn't say. And that's even the case with friends. Friend groups can also kind of fall apart and start it it, like this infighting because they're online. And like Jessica was just saying, maybe there's less empathy. You're not seeing how your friend is responding when you call them a name or you make fun of them. And something that we talk about a lot as a group is relational aggression, which we see happening online very often because it's sort of pulling your friend group all to gang up on one other person and make fun of them and say, well, all of these people agree with me and they don't agree with you. So I'm going to use my relationships with them and I'm going to disempower you. I'm going to take the power from you and we're all going to hold it over here because I don't like you anymore. Or you said something that I didn't like or you're canceled or whatever it is. But that's a lot easier to do online because you don't have to talk to that person and see their reaction and just put the message out there and just be mean. I think online spaces too bring in a bunch of people who probably otherwise wouldn't have been a part of that conversation. So another thing that people who are using relational aggression do and something that is fairly easy to do on the internet is that they will post their side of whatever is going on and they will get a bunch of other people to say that they agree with them so that they can show that to the other person. Whereas like previously, maybe if you had an issue with your friend 
like you and your immediate friends would know that and like maybe you would figure it out maybe you would talk to each other and be friends again or maybe you wouldn't but now it's just like the information and the gossip and the rumors and the drama is just like expanded out to such a larger audience then that can make it feel like there are even more people against you because these kids are growing up in online spaces I know that they also see the positives and the benefits of the online communities and online spaces. So what are some of the positive aspects of online power are being recognized by students? We want to recognize that there's a reason that we utilize these spaces. They make a lot of things easier. They make a lot of things better. And we want to say like, we have to exist in online spaces. So there's not really a reason to expect that they're also not going to exist in online spaces and that we can identify a lot of the benefits to being in these spaces. As much as as easy as it is to find misinformation online, it's just as easy to find really, really good information. It used to be a lot harder to get questions that you had answered. Now you can just type them in and there's hundreds of responses to whatever question it is that you have. I think that they also recognize as easy as these connections can be turned against them. It is so nice to be able to build and maintain connections with people online. I think Hannah usually mentions sometimes like previously in school, if none of your friends liked the thing that you liked, you like didn't have anybody to talk to about that. And now you can just like find community in, in people and support in people and know that you're not alone in a lot of the things that you're experiencing. I think these kids would have struggled 10 times as much the last two years if there wasn't online spaces for them to still be able to connect with their friends. Well, this sounds like a great conversation. So in closing, I just want to challenge our parents and guardians to have a conversation with their kiddos about power. When do you, as an adult, feel powerful? When? As an adult, do you feel powerless? What do you do when you feel powerless? What do you do when you feel powerful? How have you used that power? Has power been used against you? These are good conversations to have with students because it's also on their mind. Until next time. Until next time, stay curious, be kind, and take care. Find out more about the services offered and to stay up to date on everything that prevention is doing, check us out online at ksarc.org. That's K-C-S-A-R-C.org. This podcast was funded in part by a grant awarded by the Department of Justice. Points of view in this podcast are those of the author and do not necessarily represent the official position or policies of the Department of Justice. Grants funded are administered by the Office of Firearm Safety and Violence Prevention under the Public Safety Unit at the Washington State Department of Commerce.